Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome back to Total Information AM with Tom Ackerman. I'm Megan Lynch. Several high-level court cases this week caught our eye with details from Washington, D.C., Alabama, and Hawaii. So let's turn to our legal expert, Brad Young, partner at Harris Dow Fisher & Young. Good morning, Brad. Good morning, Megan. Let's start with a case that surrounds diversity in a Fairfax, Virginia public school system. It made its way all the way to the Supreme Court. So tell us about the admission policy and, and what happened here in this district? Well, this case revolved around Thomas Jefferson High School. It's a magnet school in Fairfax, Virginia. And people are so, it's ranked third or fourth in the nation for high schools. And so they have an admission, you have to take a test and there's an admission policy. And, and it's reported that kids start preparing for this in the third grade. To, to get admitted into this magnet school because it's a feeder school to go to Ivy League colleges. And so the question became, uh, should this high school be able to take race into consideration? Remember that just recently, the Supreme Court decided that the in the case of students for fair admission versus Harvard College, that colleges and universities cannot take race into consideration because favorable uh, actions towards uh, one race uh, usually result in discrimination against another race. So in this instance, the question became, can the high school take that into consideration? At this particular high school, up to 75% of the students admitted were Asian Americans. And when the school changed their policy, that dropped to about 50%. And uh, the amounts of Hispanics and Blacks quadrupled at this particular school. So the issue was, is this discriminatory towards Asian Americans? But the, the Supreme Court declined to hear this appeal. The lower court held that the admissions policy at the high school was okay. It did not violate uh, any anyone's uh, rights under the law. And the Supreme Court did not take it. They did not do what's called a, a issue a writ of certiorari to accept that case. So in light of that, the lower court decision upholding the high school's uh, policy stands. A hmm. uh, case surrounding the start of human life out of Alabama. That state's Supreme Court ruled that frozen embryos are considered children, even though they haven't been implanted. Uh, who brought that case initially? Well, this was a case where some plaintiffs were trying to sue uh, and what's, what's called an IVF facility, an in vitro fertilization facility. And the question was whether or not the fertilized embryos that were being, uh, I believe the term is extra uterine, they were, they were being stored in a lab, whether or not the, the uh, owners of the, those embryos could sue for that. 
And and so the justices cited the anti-abortion language in the Alabama Constitution, ruled that an 1872 law uh, that allowed parents to sue over the death of a minor child applies in this situation. Now, it, it we, we need to understand this in terms of the context. The court made it clear in this particular decision in Alabama that this cannot be cited in all areas. It doesn't necessarily mean that if those embryos pass away, that that's going to be triggering criminal violations. So the court made it clear in an eight to one decision here uh, from the Alabama Supreme Court that for the purposes of this law, uh, it applies even to fertilized embryos if they're being stored in a lab. What impact could that have on IVF? Well, it's going to have a definite in, impact on IVF in the state of Alabama because in this instance, it creates the possibility that that parents of those fertilized embryos could file suit, uh, restricting what IVF facilities do with those embryos, how they handle the embryos, whether or not uh, they dispose of the embryos or do other testing on the embryos. It's going to have a direct impact on IVF in Alabama. This is this case is being cited as being potentially uh being, being cited for other areas, but the court, and I read the entire decision, the court made a very specific point to say that this is a narrowly tailored decision. So they were trying to forestall any sort of a slippery slope argument on how this could be applied in other areas. And finally, Brad, Hawaii, this case pits the nation's second amendment against the state constitution. What do we have here? Well, in Hawaii, uh, Hawaii has a very stringent gun regulations and gun ownership and gun usage regulations, and it's even baked into the state constitution. So the issue became uh, because someone was being prosecuted for uh, improper use of a weapon. And so in that particular case, I believe it was called State versus Wilson, the issue became, is there an individual right to bear arms under the Second Amendment? Now, this has already been decided by the U.S. Supreme Court back in 2008 uh, in uh, D.C. versus Heller. It was reaffirmed by the Supreme Court as recently as 2022 in the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin. But the, the Hawaii Supreme Court here, Tom, is really taking on the U.S. Supreme Court. And in their, in their opinion from the Hawaii Supreme Court, rejecting this idea that there is an individual right to bear arms, the court pretty much adopted the dissent's view in both Bruin and Heller by stating that that part of the Second Amendment only applies to state militias. It does not apply to an individual's right to bear arms. And so this is really being primed to go to the U.S. Supreme Court. That was going to be my next question, if, you know, this is going to get tossed back up there. Well, it, it almost has to, because it's not just an opinion out of the, out of the uh, state of Hawaii, Megan, that is somewhat different. I mean, they literally adopted the position uh, of the minority at the U.S. Supreme Court in adopting how the Second Amendment is to be construed. And so this will be appealed to the Supreme Court, and I anticipate that the Supreme Court will take it and once again have yet another Second Amendment case at the Supreme Court. He is a partner at Harris, Dell, Fisher & Young. He's our KMOX legal expert, Brad Young. Thanks for being with us as always. My pleasure. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.